Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingis. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss reconnecting with familiar brands in the COVID era when temperature impacts the client experience, and a lawyer's office that's fun to visit. Flying, frying, and finding. Oh, my. With a pandemic sweeping the globe and shifting the way organizations interact with their customers, many of the old ways of operating just don't work anymore. As we all navigate a COVID-19 world, it's time to redesign the experience. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season eight of the experience. This show. Woohoo! Welcome back. We hope you had a great summer and are looking forward to getting back to listening to the experience this show as much as we're excited to bring you some great new examples of remarkable customer and employee experiences. As we continue to navigate the COVID pandemic experience, the political landscape, and an ever-evolving climate crisis, things can feel a bit overwhelming for sure. And that doesn't take into consideration specific business challenges like remote work, increased customer expectations, supply chain issues, augmented reality, virtual reality, email deliverability. The list goes on and on. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) What we do know, though, is now more than ever, the experiences you create for your customers and employees are vital to your long-term success. Customers are paying closer attention to their interactions with businesses and continue to seek maximum consistency, efficiency, flexibility, personalization, and ease. Not to mention a little surprise and delight which is why Dan and I are committed to continuing to bring you examples of remarkable experiences that can, and frankly should, inspire you to take action at your own organization. We want to help you get more customers and keep the ones that you already have. In Season 8 of Experience This, we're going to talk about things like a dental practice that promises sexy teeth, using color to hack your customers' brains, Embracing nostalgia to create new memories. The impact of the great resignation on customer experience. A consumer travel advisory app developed by airline pilots. What to do when the old customer experience just isn't working anymore. Using feng shui to improve your employee experience. And so, so much more. But to start off this season... I'd love to talk about one of my favorite brands and how they recently re-engaged with me after some time off. I feel like that old reference from the TV show Friends, but we were on a break. (laughs) So true, so true. And yes, indeed, from March 10th, 2020 to June 23rd, 2021, some 470 days, 
I did not fully experience one of my favorite brands, Delta Airlines. Man, and neither did our listeners hearing you talk about it, Joey. <laughs> it's been so long, 470 days. That's what, what, like 40 million plus seconds, 677,000 minutes. That's whatever this is. It's a long time for you. I mean, how long had it been since you had 67 weeks pass without getting on an airplane? Well, that would be never, Dan. I actually checked in with my parents about this, and we can't remember collectively any time since birth where I've gone more than a year without getting on some type of an airplane, which, to be frank, is part of the reason why it felt so good to get back in the air again. I had the chance to deliver a speech in Atlanta where they flew all of the speakers to a common sound stage, and we gave talks to a virtual audience of over 5,000 attorneys around the world. So we had great COVID protocols and we weren't exposing folks. But yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun to be back again. 5,000 attorneys. There's definitely a lawyer joke in there. I'm going to avoid that though for right now and just ask you, how was it getting back to flying? Well, it was definitely different. So if you haven't had the chance to be back on an airplane yet, listeners, uh, you're required to wear a mask from the time you arrive at the airport until you leave the airport at your final destination. Now, to be honest, that part was fine enough for me. And it was really nice actually to see everyone wearing their mask and doing their part to help stop the spread. And when it came time to board the plane, the flight attendants were at the front door offering antiseptic wipes to everybody who came on board as they boarded the plane and reiterating the federal law requirement that everybody keep their mask on for the duration of the flight. And it even started to spin into, if you will, the safety video, because when we all got to our seats and they started to play the safety video, I got to say, once again, Delta delivered a great video. And hey, we've talked about Delta's great safety videos before, all the way back in episode three, Joey. We were like teenagers back then. Wow, that's that's really pulling back the covers on the nostalgia there, Rain Man. Uh, yeah, I had I remember the conversation. I didn't remember the episode number, but this new video started with a really thoughtful and compelling "Welcome back, it's good to see you" message. Uh, and the message came from the CEO of Delta, and it followed with kind of the more familiar safety messages. But I got to say, in the video, everyone was wearing a mask. So the video started out by reaffirming that Delta's number one priority is the health and safety of everyone on board. Although I got to admit, I think that health part is newly added, but was certainly greatly appreciated. And then when they got to the part about the oxygen mask dropping from the ceiling, they actually remind passengers to remove any face covering before putting on the oxygen mask. And I'm thinking to myself, if the situation is so bad that you're anxious about catching COVID on the plane, but now the oxygen mask are going to drop from the ceiling, that's a whole Pri lot of priorities. priorities. Yeah, a whole lot of unluckiness. But, you know, the moral of the story is, the video concluded with this great little message where they said, and, and I specifically remember this, it's the little things that matter most. Thank you for trusting Delta with your moments. And I just thought that was such a poignant way to kind of reconnect after a lot of time. And for even for folks that fly a lot like I do, you know, to have them coming back and saying like, look, we acknowledge that this is a special moment and we acknowledge that you're getting back some of the moments you might have missed over the last year plus. And there was just some really nice customer empathy there and connection in the message. Yeah, I really like it. And I, I have to say, Joey, as you know, I am an American Airlines flyer, uh, Chicago 
you know, you kind of usually have to go with one of the hub airlines. And I had a very, very similar experience to everything you just described. And it was uh, so strange, actually, that from the moment I entered O'Hare to the moment I got out of my Uber, actually, at the hotel in Louisville, because I had to wear a mask in, in the Uber, too, everything was masked. And then I walked into the hotel no one's wearing masks. And I did a speech in front of a live audience. No one's wearing masks. It was like it was old times again. And then when it was time to go, put the mask back on, get back into the Uber, go to the airport, get on the plane, get off the plane. Uh, And so it, it definitely is a new experience. And similarly, I found that American had this messaging around welcome back and sort of an acknowledgement that a lot of us had been gone for a while, you know, the, but the loyalty's still there, which is kind of interesting that we were gone for a while, but we come back and right back into the swing of things. You're flying on Delta. I'm flying on American like it never happened. Yeah, I think I, I agree, Dan. I think there's two interesting things about what you just shared. I mean, number one, every business in the country, regardless of where you're located, has some customers who've been away who increasingly probably in the last few months have been more comfortable coming back. You know, you may have lived in a jurisdiction where there wasn't as much COVID or masks weren't as much of the uh, local kind of rules and regulations and behaviors. But the reality is, I would say almost every business has some customers that are slowly but surely working their way back. And so this welcome back message, I think, is really powerful. I also think it's important to notice, and we don't have to get into a big discussion here on a customer experience podcast about public health. But what I think we can all agree on, regardless of your opinion on masks or vaccines or anything like that, your customer base has some members who are vaccinated, wearing masks, hyper-concerned about COVID, and some customers or members that are not wearing masks, not vaccinated, not as concerned. And so that juxtaposition between two, the two, I think has created kind of a separate customer segment that you need to take into consideration and recognize, for lack of a better way of putting it, the pretty jarring experience for somebody, especially who's traveled. You know, you described getting off the plane, getting into the Uber, mask, 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 getting to the hotel. Wait a second, no mask. I had a similar experience down in Atlanta. I got to the hotel and no one had mask on except the staff. And I was like, wait a second, what is going on? And you don't even have to get to a value judgment about whether people are making the right or the wrong decisions to recognize that it's like being on a different planet or being in a completely different environment. And friends, if you don't think that's affecting your customers at a deep emotional emotional level, even if they're the other way. They're somebody who never wears a mask and goes to a place where they're suddenly being asked to wear a mask or required to wear a mask. It's going to create some internal emotional and mental disconnect that will have ramifications on your business. Absolutely. And I sort of look at this, if you do pull any of the politics or opinions out of it, I look at it as your customers have choices. They make choices in their lives every day. And this just happens to be one of them. And maybe it's getting a little bit more attention than some others. But ultimately, not all of your customers are the same. They never will be. They're going to be from different sides of the political aisle, from different backgrounds, from their different genders, their different sexual orientations. They you know, have different opinions on a wide variety of issues. And the trick is, is how do we make them all feel at home in our business? Because... One thing they do have in common, they've all got money that they want to spend with us. And last time I checked, you know, uh, most businesses don't want to turn down paying customers. 
Yeah, or or a business can make a choice to only serve certain types of customers, but in the last year, some of your most loyal customers might have moved to a position that is different than your position. And how are you going to continue to work with them? You know, I got to say, though, that while the flight experience was overall really positive, it wasn't entirely roses and sunshine. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Now it's getting interesting. Let me get the popcorn out. Well, well, basically, when I was calling to make some adjustments to the ticket that I had purchased online, I needed to wait on hold much longer than usual. Now, let me be clear. That wasn't terrible at all, but it was definitely a hiccup in my usually fantastic Delta experience. And it was different than my pre-COVID Delta experience where I feel like the phone would ring and very quickly someone was picking up, ready to take care of my situation. And although I must say, after this happened, very shortly after, a few days after, Delta recovered in what I thought was a masterclass way. And so I wanted to share that and kind of let that be the concluding part of this conversation here about kind of the redesigning the the COVID experience with Delta. What happened is the CEO emailed a message and the message was titled, we know you expect more. We're taking action. Your update from Ed. Oh, your update from Ed. That sounds kind of personal. You know, it did feel personal, Dan. You know, and the the CEO of Delta, his first name is Ed. And, you know, it felt like they were actually reaching out. Now, I'd like to read some selections from the letter because there's some fantastic elements to this email that I think every business can learn from, especially if you find yourself in a position especially following, you know, kind of ramping things up. And as we get back to more customers and more strains and we're battling, you know, with maybe fewer employees or trying to navigate this world, if you're in that type of position, I think there's a lot of things we can learn from this letter. So below the title that I already shared was a grayed out box. And in the box, it said, summary. Our core values include always learning from our experiences and using those insights to constantly improve how we serve you. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, the summary is a helpful way. You know, it's sort of the, uh, what do the youngsters call it? TLDR. Exactly. Uh, too exactly. long, did it read? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I thought this was a great way to kind of position things. And then the letter went on as follows. After a year of lockdowns, it's been heartening to see so many of you returning to the skies this summer and reclaiming your lives. While we are pleased to welcome you back, the unexpected pace of the return of our customers has resulted in some unforeseen challenges as we ramp up to meet demand and handle a record-breaking level of calls. As you take a much-deserved vacation or travel to reunite with loved ones, friends, and business colleagues, the last thing you want is to experience long hold times when you call reservations or receive a notification that your flight schedule has changed. We know you expect more from Delta and assure you that these challenges are temporary. The Delta team is here to serve you and is taking significant actions to alleviate those pain points, including accelerating staffing and resources to reduce wait times on the phone and at the airport. With the influx of travelers coming back after more than a year at home, our agents on the phone and at the airport have experienced an unprecedented level of questions about travel policies and schedule changes. That has resulted in significant wait times, which is why we're rapidly adding staff and leveraging new technology to serve you in a timely manner. We're also adding a new phone platform that automatically equips our agents with even more details about your travel so they can address your questions efficiently and get you on your way. Well, I have to tell you, in dealing with another airline, which will remain unmentioned 
even though it was previously mentioned. <laughs> so I won't tell you what it is. I got a recorded message. You know, they offered the whole uh, callback thing if you, right, you know, right. it's a long whole time. And so I said, sure, I'll take a callback. They said, okay, uh, our current hold times are, and I'm not making this up, Joey, between three hours and eight minutes and three hours and 47 minutes. And that's when they offered to call me back. And I was like, Okay, uh, sure. I mean, I'm not going to wait on hold that long. That's right, for right. Sure, but I don't even know what the heck I'm going to be doing in three hours yeah. and 47 minutes, right? And so it was really interesting to me because even the callback, it's supposed to be a convenience feature, didn't feel so convenient. I didn't get as much of an explanation as uh, Delta gave. And I think it's great. You know, I find that customers are actually very understanding when you explain things to them and when you don't make excuses and when you're upfront and transparent. Now, if they say all of this and then they don't fix it, I don't think customers will be Totally. That's a separate conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and I agree with you. I, I think that idea of just acknowledge the reality. And what I loved about this letter, Dan, I got, I didn't complain about the wait time. I didn't, you know, vent to the agent when I finally got through. I didn't fill out anything on their, you know, contact us forms or anything like that. But the fact that they sent the email made me felt made me feel that I was seen and heard, even though I hadn't actually I had experienced the problem they're talking about, but I hadn't vented about the problem. So that was really cool. You know, the letter went on to continue describing the things they're doing. And I quote, expanding digital tools to save you time and give you more control over your trip. Delta.com and the Fly Delta app are your go-to resources to change or cancel a flight, find baggage information, and manage your SkyMiles account. Both expiring and newly purchased tickets in 2021 will remain valid through December 31st, 2022. And when you're ready to use an e-credit, it can be redeemed at Delta.com or in the Fly Delta app. Starting tomorrow, customers booked in basic economy can make changes to their flights for travel occurring through December 31st, 2021 to help address call wait times as we increase staffing. As with all Delta flights originating from North America, there are no change fees. Now, this sounds like they're trying to give us as many reasons as possible to not call them and instead to check out their other digital channels, which is great. You know, change fees are gone uh, with my airline as well. And I am very interested to see if they're gone forever uh, across the board because, man, I've had to make some changes. And it's it, they, I've even gotten a refund if I change to a flight that ends up less expensive. And I'll tell you, it is a pleasure to have that flexibility. And I think like a lot of things that a lot of changes that are made because of the pandemic, customers' expectations are going to change along with them. They're going to say, hey, we really like this. Don't take this back away from us. So I think that's going to be pretty interesting to see whether uh, some of this stuff stays. I agree with you, Dan. And that's something that every organization that has made accommodations for COVID-19 is going to have to pay attention to. You have set new expectations for your customers. And as you think about, well, do we roll those back? Do we keep them going? When you keep them going, the customers love it. You know, when they buried in that, as you heard, all the expiring tickets now got extended another year. And what was great is seeing that and knowing that I've got upgrade certificates and free tickets and all these things that have accrued, knowing that I have more time to do that was really nice and, and frankly doesn't cost them anything because I may or may not use those anyway. All right, and now let's conclude with the final kind of relevant part of the letter that I wanted to share. 
Our core values include always learning from our experiences and using those insights to constantly improve how we serve you. We're committed to restoring and exceeding the reliability and service you've come to expect from us. Thank you for your patience as we continue to do everything we can to improve and enhance your experience. On behalf of all 75,000 members of the Delta family, thank you for trusting us with your travel. We're focused on delivering the experience you deserve. Stay tuned for more updates. Sincerely, Ed Bastian. I like it, man. I like it. It makes it feel like the company is united behind... No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. Wow, that just fell out. Is united behind the customer centricity and in trying to get things back, the 75,000 members. I really like that. And uh, I'll admit, this is not me, Rain Man. You, you let me know this ahead of time. But in that letter, which is 740 words, the words you and your showed up 44 different times. And I want to call that out to people because pronouns are important. So often as companies, we're talking about we and us, and we should be talking about you and your and so I really applaud Delta for doing that. I agree with you, Dan. I agree. So, so cool. A couple of key takeaways as we think about welcoming back our customers and what to do when things aren't running as smoothly when they come back as we might hope. Number one, go out of your way to specifically acknowledge that they've been gone and that you're excited to have them back in the fold. Number two, make it about them. As you said, Dan, make it the you, the your. Talk about what their experience is and is going to be instead of talking about yourself. And last but not least, if you stumble, which is going to happen and it's okay, respond quickly with action. And again, make it about the customer and what you are going to do to improve their experience. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. I want to share a story, Dan, but I'm afraid it might cause things to get a little heated. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good, Joey. I'm ready, though. Well, well, Dan, it's not that good, to be honest. But I actually think it can help a lot of our listeners with something that may be causing them problems within their business. Now, before I dive into the story, I want to remind our loyal listeners and let our brand new listeners here in Season 8 know that as a general rule, we focus on positive customer experiences. That's right, because we feel that there are enough negative customer experiences in the world that people are talking about without having us to have to highlight them. Exactly. But every once in a while, we do share a negative experience without mentioning the brand specifically, so as to illustrate a common challenge and hopefully explore some ways to solve similar problems that our listeners might be dealing with in their own businesses. Okay, without further ado, here's what happened. As our past listeners know, last year I moved to Fort Dodge, Iowa, the little town in northwestern Iowa where I grew up. And in the process, I decided to convert an old office space on the second floor of our house's garage into a new office and recording studio. Now, as part of this effort, I replaced the existing HVAC system with a brand new heater-AC combo. That does not sound like a small investment. And it was not a small investment, Dan. And as the 
Technicians were installing the system last fall while the weather was colder outside. They said to me that they'd need to come back in the spring in order to get the air conditioner part of the system set up because of the outside ambient temperature. I didn't understand the whole thing, but moral of the story, as requested, I called them in April to schedule this work so that the AC would be fully ready to go for the summer. Shortly after I called, they came out, they did whatever they needed to do, and I thought we are good to go. Uh-oh, I, I, I caught that word thought there. I'm sensing things didn't go quite as planned. Yeah, yeah, not at all. In fact, in late May, as the temperatures began to really rise, I noticed that I couldn't get my office space on the second floor to cool down as much as I wanted. The best I could get it was kind of high 70s, low 80s. And that's about 24 to 28 degrees Celsius for our international listeners. And of course, as we all know, heat does rise. Yes, yes. And uh, as we, you probably also know if you listen to the show, when I'm recording podcasts and doing webinars and talking, I have a tendency to get a little worked up and animated. Well, the moral of the story is that is hot in almost any situation when you're inside paying for air conditioning. So I reached out to the HVAC company and I said, you know, I'd love to have someone come out and take a look at this brand new furnace AC unit. Did I mention it was brand new? (laughs) I had no idea why it wasn't working, but I was cautiously optimistic that they might be able to make something work. By the time they could get a technician out to evaluate things, three more weeks had passed. And I'm guessing you've been sweating more and more every day. Literally and figuratively, Dan. And finally, on June 10th, a technician came to check things out. Now, this technician was very friendly. He explained that the new system wasn't going to work well because of a lack of floor vents in the upstairs office. Floor vents? Are you kidding me? Floor vents. I I wish I was joking, Dan, and this was definitely disappointing as I was 99% sure that I had clearly explained the use case of wanting this new furnace AC to work in the upstairs office when I purchased and installed it just a few months before. But to be honest, because I needed a place to work and the summer was only getting hotter, I shifted into solutions mode. And after about an hour spent in the hot office, exploring options, measuring walls, looking at windows, etc., with the technician, he recommended installing a floor-mounted standalone AC system. Now, he gave me a rough estimate of what this cost was going to be, specifically citing a dollar range, not like, hey, it's going to cost X, but he gave me a decent range and said it would probably be done in a few weeks, but wasn't sure given demand for these type of units and the fact that it's now, of course, summer and they were also experiencing some supply chain issues. I said, look, this all sounds like a good plan to me. Let's try to get it done as quickly as possible. Can you send the formal estimate and quote via email as soon as possible for the official confirmation, but go back and tell the office we're good to go. He said, great. Our estimator will get back to you next week because he's on vacation this week. Which, of course, is your problem, of right? Course. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You basically give the verbal go-ahead and you just ask for confirmation in writing so things can get going, but the guy's on vacation. Absolutely. And the guy works for an HVAC company and is on vacation in the summer. But I digress. Okay. So moral of the story is things did not go as planned. After not hearing anything for another two weeks, on June 25th, so the summer's burning away. (laughs) I mean, literally. I called the main number at the HVAC office. And the receptionist answered. And once I explained the situation, she explained that a quote had been physically mailed to me. As it turns out, not at the address where I live. 
Now, since I had requested an email... (laughs) Uh, It being 2021 and all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was bummed that no email was ever sent, and instead they decided to send physical mail, and also it never arrived at the right address. Moral of the story, I'm, again, in solution mode. I ask the receptionist, well, what are the details of the quote? And she relays those details to me, which regrettably is 2x the technician's previous estimate. Two uh, times. You know, if you're going to give and, a range. Yeah, and it was a range. I'm saying 2x of the high point of that range, just to be clear. But nonetheless, I still gave verbal approval to proceed. And I said, can you give me an update as soon as possible on when I can expect installation? I also, out of an abundance of caution, asked them to email me the quote and I confirmed my email address. And then when I received it while I was still on the phone with them, as soon as I hung up the phone, I replied to that email saying, this is my written approval to get going. Please let me know when I can expect installation. So everything after that went perfectly, right? Yeah, not so much. So moral of the story, seven weeks pass with no additional communication from the HVAC company. Now, each week I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is the week where I'm going to hear from them and I'm, I'm not enjoying the heat and it's getting hotter and hotter, but I'm like, you know what? I'm sure they're busy. I'm sure there's stuff going on. I'm doing everything I can to give them the benefit of the doubt. But finally, after seven weeks, I'm like, I can't take it anymore. We've only got about two and a half weeks left in the month of August and I reach out via email detailing my frustrations and disappointments and basically saying, you know what, friends, I'm sorry, I have to cancel my order, which to be honest, I'm not even sure has ever officially been placed because I haven't gotten confirmation. But just to be abundantly clear, we're not doing business together anymore. Thank you anyway. The next day, I got the following email reply, which I'm going to read to you in its entirety. And then, Dan, I'd love it if you'd be willing to dissect this. You haven't heard this letter before our conversation right now. And I'd like you to share some things that you think were good and or bad or could have been improved. Okay. I'm not going to lead the witness here. But, I'm guessing you, know, you might think I have something to say on that. I have a feeling you might. All right. So here is the reply, reading it verbatim. I apologize as the floor AC units have been hard to come by this summer and we are still waiting on them to come to our vendor. The last we were told and are waiting on as an update was the end of August. Our technicians are not aware of pricing of units and aren't able to give price or install dates, which is why we send out quotes from the office. I'm sorry to hear we will not be able to get this done for you, but we'll cancel the order with our vendor. I am sorry you're disappointed with how this proceeded and hope to work with you again in the future. <sighs> well, <laughs> do you need to take a moment? I, I feel like I need to take a moment. Yes, I'm a little verklempt right now. So look, the first thing that stuck out to me was they're telling you that the technicians are not aware of the pricing of units, which is in direct conflict with the conversation you had with your technician. A hundred percent. So that's always problematic. And you know, if they're not aware, then they shouldn't be having conversations. And if they're having conversations, then they are aware. And frankly, the corporate should be aware that they're aware. It also feels a little blamey to me. It does. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, the technician who I really liked, to be honest, I was like, he did every, he's literally the only person I've had in-person interaction with. He was great. And I'm like, why are you blaming him? Yeah. And I think the other thing that stuck out to me was, I mean, it's actually not a horrible, it's it's not as bad of a letter as I thought when you were setting it up. In other words, they, you know, they apologized three different times, et cetera. But what's interesting is what they didn't apologize for was the lack of communication for seven weeks. 
And it's not like they didn't know that AC units, floor AC units were going to be very hard to come by. It's not like they didn't know that they were waiting for a vendor that was probably continuing to move the date. They just weren't telling you any of that. And there's no acknowledgement of that in the email. Absolutely. I will say of everything in the email, the piece that just burned me so much was, and I quote, the last we were told and are waiting on an update was the end of August. Now, mind you, I'm communicating with them three weeks before the end of August, but now eight weeks after when this all conversation started. And I'm like, what happened during this dead time? What happened during all this time? Why not you know, a little email, a little phone call? Honestly, had they said, you know what, Joey, we're not going to be able to get this done this summer. However, would you be interested in us having you having us schedule you for the first week of September? It's not going to help you with this summer, but you'll be ready for next year. We will get it in as soon as we've got it. And maybe we can give you a discount or maybe we can do something special to acknowledge that you had to wait or something, even though it wasn't directly their fault. It was the vendor. Any number of those things would have completely changed how I felt about this organization and the experience. Yeah, I totally agree Joey, and communicating with customers is not that difficult, right? I mean, it's a little more communication and you're probably far more understanding. If they gave you that choice of September, you'd have a choice. You could either say yes if that worked for you or you can cut bait, which also would have been fine. I think the other interesting thing is you mentioned that you were well into August when they were telling you that the last update they had was the end of August, which to me said they could have scheduled an appointment for you at least. Maybe that appointment gets moved. But it sounded to me like they were going to wait till those things were in their hot little hands and then start scheduling an appointment for you, which could have been weeks further out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moral of the story, friends, what do you do in these type of situations? Well, I think there's a couple of key takeaways. Number one, before you do business with someone, get clear on the use cases for your product or service. Talk to the customer, figure out what they want to have happen if they buy your product or service. I had clearly explained, I want to air condition and heat my new office that I'm paying to remodel. And I'm doing this whole thing is based on that. They could have figured out there weren't enough vents in the top room on the very first visit. Instead, they decided not to ask those questions. Now, at the end of the day, the customer desires or their goal or their use case may change over time, but you got to at least get the initial ones right. Number two, empower your people to give estimates. It's 2021. I don't accept as a consumer the argument that our technicians are not allowed to give estimates on either cost or time. Why? Why waste my time going back and forth? Why delay the inevitable? Why extend the communication? Empower your people to do everything they can to create great experiences for your customers. Number three, Communicate in the preferred channel. If a customer asks for an email, again, in 2021, don't drop it in the physical mail. If you want to do that in addition to the email, great, no problem. You be you, but you got to meet folks where they're at. Number four, communication is key. Delays are okay if and only if you let the customer know and let them know as soon as possible instead of waiting for them to come to you and say, hey, why haven't I heard from you? Why haven't I heard from you? Oh, by the way, we've got this delay from our vendor. Just let me know. And last but not least, number five, when things go wrong, use the customer's name. You'll notice I just started reading the letter. They didn't even call me by name. 
Don't make excuses and blame it on other people. Try to personalize it as much as possible. Look, not every customer experience is going to go smooth as silk. Not every customer interaction is going to leave them raving fans. But we have a job and a responsibility as customer experience professionals, as business owners, as business operators to always be striving to maximize the experience we give to our customers. Check out this five-star Amazon review from Nicholas Zeisler about the new book, The Experience Maker, how to create remarkable experiences that your customers can't wait to share by our very own Dan Gingas. Here's the review. Dan has done a great job distilling the complicated whys and hows of CX with this valuable overview. With his, quote, wiser approach, he makes CX something that otherwise seems to be far too elusive in today's modern business environment. Doable. There are lots of thinkers out there in the CX space, but with wit, an easy reading style, and voluminous examples and references, Dan brings it home in an actually executable way. Pick this book up if you're looking for an active and actionable way to build CX into your company. Woo! What a review. I couldn't agree with Nicholas Moore. I had the pleasure of reading an advanced copy of Dan's new book over the summer. And friends, it is fantastic. Loyal listeners of the experience this show are going to recognize some of the stories he shares. But honestly, you'll get to even have more insight because he digs deeper into the story behind the story and how you can apply these wise and wiser bits of insight into your own business. So let's all do Dan a favor. He wouldn't be so bold to ask you to do this, but I certainly feel comfortable doing it. Go pick up a copy of the hardcover or the paperback version coming your way next week. You're going to get it early before the other people. You want to get this in your hands. If you've enjoyed listening to Experience This over the last eight seasons, free of charge, do Dan a solid. Show the love. Pick up a copy of his new book. Get those pre-orders in now and make sure that you're able to read The Experience Maker the day it comes out. Go now. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. A few weeks ago, we received a voicemail from one of our loyal listeners here at Experience This. The message was from Trevor Bradgan at Seven Figure Fundraising, and this is what he had to say. Hey, Joey, big fan of the show. Wanted to tell you about a great customer experience story our family had last week. We were buying a house, and because of some scheduling difficulties, we had to take our kids to the closing, which was happening at a law firm. And we were a little nervous. Kids are pretty well behaved, but honestly, it's a law firm. So we were a little concerned. But when we got there, the staff couldn't have been nicer. And the receptionist told our kids, do you want to come and see the world's greatest toy closet? She brought the kids around to a hall, opened these two giant doors, and there was three shelves full of all kinds of different toys puzzles, stuffed animals, water guns. And she let our kids pick out a toy for each of them. And it made such a fun experience. The kids were excited. We got to do the 40 minutes of paperwork to sign for the house. And the kids were really occupied and happy. And the kids even asked if they could go back to the law firm. So sometimes customer service doesn't have to be complicated. It can be a law firm with the world's 
greatest toy closet. And if you're ever buying a house in Richmond, Virginia, use Shaheen Law Firm and have your kids pick out a toy at the world's greatest toy closet. Wow. Who would have thought that we'd get a listener story submission about a lawyer's office? Right? I mean, I have spent more than my fair share of time in lawyers' offices over the years. And and folks, folks, in in case any of you are new to the show or unfamiliar with Joey's past professional endeavors, Joey is a recovering attorney. It's not that he's had that many legal problems. (laughs) Fair enough, Dan, and I appreciate the disclaimer. But having been in a number of lawyers' offices in my professional capacity as a practicing attorney, I must confess that one, I never saw a toy closet. And two, I never thought about how valuable a toy closet would be. I mean, to be honest, I'm kicking myself that I didn't think of having a toy closet when I was practicing law. Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. It kind of reminds me of like the dentist's office where they often have toys for kids. Or I remember there was a treasure box at my dentist's office that, you know, if I was really good when I got my teeth cleaned, I could pick something out of the treasure box. There are certain places where... They're kind of set up to be friendly to kids. Lawyers' offices are not generally a good example. (laughs) Very true. Very true. And let's be candid. People that are going to lawyers' offices for business usually don't bring their children with them. But sometimes they're forced to. You know, I remember back in episode, I forget what episode number it is. You probably remember, Dan. We talked about- Uh, 60. It's amazing. He can read my mind. Yeah, we talked about Warby Parker and how they provided coloring books and crayons for my kids when my wife and I were shopping for some new glasses. And the relief it provides as a parent to know that your child is going to be entertained. I mean, you can hear that in the audio recording that Trevor shared. You know, he was a little anxious about taking his kids. And now the toy closet makes it seem like not only is it okay, but that they were anticipating this so much so that they developed the world's greatest toy closet. Yeah, I love it. I was also thinking about, you had a great experience at a hotel that you checked into. I think it was the same hotel that had the art gallery in it. Yes. And you got, they, they, your kids got to choose stuffed animals, I think, when they you came in. You are correct. Good memory. Yeah, this is back at the uh, back in Canada at the Fairmont Hotel in Whistler. We also had a similar experience at a hotel down in Cabo San Lucas, where, again, the kids got stuffed animals. And if you can make a kid happy during the hotel check-in process, you've just made the parents very happy. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I was thinking, you know, the best way to a person's heart is through their kids or their pets. And one of the things that we've experienced in the last year and a half being on video is we've met a lot of our customers and friends and colleagues, kids and pets, right? Because they're running through yeah, the screen. Yeah, they're in the background. And we never got that when we were in an office together with them. And look, that's really important. And I, I got on a call the other day with uh, a guy who had to cancel his meeting with me because his dog broke his leg. And the first question I said was, how's the pup? Like, you know, <laughs> because this, we know, I know I have pets. I know what it's like. And so, you know, it's a great way to, to get to a customer's heart. Absolutely. You know, what I love about this story is it proves the point that every business on the planet, regardless of your industry, can be creative when it comes to designing remarkable customer experiences. Now, I'd be willing to bet that Trevor has told the story about the world's greatest toy closet dozens of times already. In fact, his kids are probably still talking about this as well. That's the power of doing the unexpected. It creates these memorable moments that your customers 
have to talk about. They can't help themselves. And when they do tell the story, guess what? They're going to be talking about you and your brand and your business. And that's going to create a little seed of memory in the back of that future prospect's mind that this is a law firm you can trust. This is a dentist you should go to. This is the type of hotel you should stay at with your family. These little things have gigantic impact in the long term. Couldn't agree more, Joey. And speaking of spreading the word about remarkable customer experiences, if you've got an amazing customer story that you want to share, or even of a story of an interaction gone bad, we would love to hear about it and potentially feature it in a future segment of the podcast. So all you have to do is choose your favorite host of the show. That would be either Joey <laughs> or Dan. <laughs> Woohoo! No, just kidding. You can email either one of us an audio clip. Joey is at joey at joeycoleman.com. Dan is at dan at dangingus.com. I mean, we try to make it easy for you. We are excited to hear your story. So make sure that you share them with us. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do... Don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience. Yes.